This is one of those weeks when the chosen scripture readings present for us a complex, nearly unfathomable theological concept. It's a concept that culturally, if we have nearly no understanding of it, but if we were to really comprehend it, it would literally change the world, possibly overnight. And that concept is enough. Enough seems to be the one thing that we just never have. Whether it's enough food, enough insurance coverage, pairs of shoes, money, even votes, we just never have enough. We're a society built on consumption, on acquisition, and on getting more and more stuff. And it's just accelerating. 40 or 50 years ago, there was no such thing as these personal storage lockers where people could keep their overflow of stuff when their houses were filled to bursting. But today, we don't ever really seem to have enough. Part of the problem is that we are secure enough and have enough disposable income that most of us have lost track of what real poverty is. I mean, isn't the phrase disposable income a little odd? What's disposable for some of us might mean life or death for someone else but we tend to be insulated from that kind of need. And when we hear a story about a poor widow scraping together a last meal for herself and her son, it sounds to us like a fairy tale, like the little match girl or something. You know, once I've made this last little meal, we're gonna die. It sounds like a fairy tale and not like something that happens every day on our city streets. Now, mind you, I have nothing against the good life. I'm not here to berate people for their success or to make anyone feel guilty. I just wonder how we decide when we have enough or if the cycle of our consumption just keeps spiraling upward forever. One of the important points of both today's gospel and our first reading from the Book of Kings is about giving. Both this widow in Zarephath and the widow in the gospel give generously when it was apparent that they literally didn't have two sticks to rub together. Any financial planner will tell you this is not a good idea. But the generosity of these women comes from the heart. It's based on the idea that giving is in itself something that they value. It's part of who they are. So they don't just give from their surplus or when it's convenient. They give all the time. Now, this might seem like an obvious time to talk about stewardship, about the realization that our support for our faith community isn't just a pragmatic thing that's necessary to keep the lights on. But the truth is that the community here is very generous. And you're here because you choose to be here. And the generosity of this congregation is also reflective of people's choices. Generosity doesn't just describe how people give, it describes who we are. It might look to some people like these two widows are foolish. They don't have enough to live on, so why are they providing meals for wandering prophets and dropping their last coins into the collection basket? 
I think they can do it because they trust God. For them, enough isn't defined by how much money is in the bank or how much food is on the table. Enough is a way of expressing their trust in God to take care of them and to provide what they need. We pray for this every time we pray the Lord's Prayer. It says, give us this day our daily bread, not to give us all the bread we'll ever need or give us bread to get us through the month. Give us just enough for today. That's a pretty modest request. But it's an expression of our trust that God, who is generous today and sustains our life, will be around tomorrow and will care for us then too. Notice also that we pray, give us this day our daily bread, not give me. My bread and your bread are not disconnected. We pray that we may all have what we need for today. Pope Francis, in his encyclical Laudato Si, calls us back to this idea of the common good when he says, we must regain the conviction that we need one another, that we have a shared responsibility for others in the world, and that being good and decent are worth it. We have had enough of immorality and the mocking of ethics, goodness, faith, and honesty. It's time to acknowledge that lighthearted superficiality has done us no good. When the foundations of social life are corroded, what ensues are battles over conflicting interests, new forms of violence and brutality, and obstacles to the growth of a genuine culture of care for the environment. If you have not read Laudato Si, I really recommend it. It is one of the best and certainly the most accessible uh, papal encyclicals of maybe the last 50 years. Now, those of us who live in religious communities have the opportunity to witness to the communal dimension of justice and to acknowledge that our shared community life has something important to say about living for the common good or sharing resources so that all may be fed and living with simplicity for the sake of the gospel. Now, we don't always do this perfectly, God knows. But I believe that that witness is still valuable. You may be aware that this is the beginning of the National Vocations Awareness Week. And so I think it's important to bring this up as well. So if you think you might be called to uh, that kind of witness, if the idea of a life based on shared values and common mission are appealing to you, Perhaps you should consider a vocation to priesthood or to religious life. And if that idea intrigues you, come talk to me. Difficult economic times mean that there's always a temptation to look out for yourself, to give less or to give differently. But there's also an opportunity to examine how we live and how we use the Earth's resources and what we really need to get by. We have the opportunity today to examine our choices and to determine what's really enough. <laughs>